0: Steelers Podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter and we've got a lot to talk about today. I'm running the show solo. Dale's recuperating. He's had a long day. We'll bring him back for the Friday edition of the show to uh, get everything going for the preview this weekend. The Steelers finally get a home game so that's nice to talk about but we've got to talk about the news update here because the big update is of course the COVID-19 situation. Now Dale and I both told you all yesterday that you had to be careful. You had to be on the watch because with Vance McDonald testing positive for COVID nineteen, that now means that the Steelers are going to have to put into quarantine players that were that were considered close contacts for him. That's anyone who was ne- that was close to him for a long extended period of time, or you know fits into the protocols of which the NFL uh, says, okay, these guys need to need to pro- quarantine for five days and have all negative tests during those five days before they can interact with those te- with the team again. And those players are now announced to be offensive tackle Gerald Hawkins, linebacker Vince Williams, um, uh, running back Jalen Samuels, and the big one, of course, Ben Roethlisberger. And that's a that 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 put all of Steelers Nation on alert, and people were were like, you know, running around. The sky falling. The sky is falling. Ah, it was it was it was looking scary. But here's the thing, guys, it's not that bad of a situation there. Um, and, uh, when I look at, when I look at the, uh, when I look at how, how this is a bit, how this is going to play out, these are actually, this is actually a very good group to be in, to have to quarantine. A few reasons. A, Vince Williams. The, I mean, first of all, I'll, I'll go to the ones that don't matter as much. Gerald Hawkins, the sixth offensive lineman on the team. You don't really need him to be there all week. I mean, we'll see if he's back at the end of this, at the end of the week and see how that plays out. Jalen Samuels, you're not using him anyways. It's not that big a deal. Um, But the biggest deal here is of course, Vince Williams and Ben Roethlisberger. But again, I think this works out for the Steelers. For one, Vince Williams is the second most tenured defensive player you have on the roster. Cam Hayward being the most drafted in 2011 and staying with the team the whole time. Vince Williams, 2013. And he's been with the team the whole time. That to me says, hey, you know what? If there were, you know, there, there's a short list of guys that you think that you could plug in at the last minute and adjust to whatever the team's game plan is, it's Vince Williams. He's been doing it for years. He's had to he's had to go from starter to backup to starter to backup to starter to backup with the drafting of Ryan Shazier and the drafting of Devin Bush and all the things that they're doing with with this team and Lawrence Timmons when he was over him, you know, all those things. Vince Williams is used to it. He'll adjust. If if he tests negative all week and comes back and he's good to go on Saturday, that means he's going to play Sunday. The same, of course, goes for Ben Roethlisberger. This guy normally takes off Wednesday practices anyways, and he got beat up in this last game. He was taking head shots. He was taking knee shots. He was taking shots everywhere. And here's the funny thing. Here's the crazy thing. Ben Roethlisberger, when he when he went into that tunnel at halftime, we all knew what we were thinking, right? One, you hope he's okay, and then two if he comes back out, he's about to go crazy because whenever Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, he just some, for some reason plays better. What happened? He finished this game with the most passing yards he's had all season and three touchdown passes. I mean, what else there to say (laughs) with that, but now you're telling me that he has, he, he, he he got his knees hurt and he got, he he had to sit away for COVID. Oh my goodness. Now he's probably going to go off for five touchdowns, but in all seriousness, um, the Steelers are handling this the proper way, you know, they, you know, whether or not they should have let Vance McDonald on the plane is one thing, I think that it's, you know, if if you, if you think about it, yeah, sure, they, I think that if, if he had the sniffles, and you were looking at it, and you're saying, okay, you know what, let's just not risk it, but at the same time, you know, I know several people that have had those sniffles, that have been congested, and they've not had it, and they still had to go to their job, why, because it's their job, and their job needed them, and, Again, McDonald was testing negative the entire time leading into Sunday, which, you know, that's, again, it's not irresponsible of the Steelers, just like it wasn't irresponsible of the Ravens with Marlon Humphrey. Now, granted, um, you, know, you, know, it, you know, I saw people comparing this to the Titans. The Titans practiced knowingly while they were supposed to be on lockdown. The Steelers aren't doing that. And in fact, the Steelers are taking extra precautions right now to protect their players. Mike Tomlin announced in his Tuesday press conference, you know, team the team is going to schedule, you know, staggered times in the weight room and and and, and working out because they want to make sure that everyone is doing it individually. They're not coming into contact with each other, and that they're doing everything by the book. Um, all team meetings that aren't full practices are going to be held virtually. This will allow everyone to, you know, when you're doing team meetings, group meetings, when you're Working when the secondary is working together, when the line's working together, they're all going to be able to do that but not put each other at risk. And then at the end of this week, then we'll see what happens. But they said, though, the one place it will happen is in practice when they have to meet up as a full team. Again, if you limit the, those interactions, you're going to keep you're, you're going to stop the spread. I think the Steelers have more than a good, good plan in place for this. They're following the rules, they're doing what the NFL's told them to do. I don't think there's a reason to panic and think that this is going to get a lot worse now there may be other players that that that, you know that that may pop up at some point we'll see but the bottom line is right now I think the Steelers are handling this well let's see how throughout the week to make sure no one else gets on this COVID-19 close contacts list and uh and who knows maybe Saturday all the guys come off the list and then we're we're seeing them all play on Sunday for the first home game that they've had in a month we're gonna cut to a break here. When we come back, I wrote my Carter's classroom column from the week. I'm gonna break that down. All for you, right here. Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Again running solo today because Dale Lally needed need, he need, needs his time, man. That's the number one guy in the beat. He's cranking out the work. I got his back though. Let's talk about who has to have the Steelers back and that's of course the offensive line. Well, I guess they have the Steelers up front. That was a horrible analogy, Chris, but we're going to roll with it. Anyways, let's say with this offensive line, I wrote my Carter's Classroom column. You can read it on DKPittsburghSports.com right now, but it's just about the status of the offensive line. And yes, the offensive line has made mistakes. That's absolutely been the case. It's also been the case that there's no reason to think that there's um, that they're, that they're something that, it, that they can't easily turn around. This offensive line... Through the first six games, had four games had four games of those six where they had a hundred yard rusher, and that and then, you know three of the times it was James Conner, one of the times it was Benny Snell. They've been consistent. They were consistent throughout those games. Uh, several times the running game was what put a team away. It put the Giants away. It put the Texans away. It put the Browns away. Ben Roethlisberger said, "Yeah, I feel like I'm handing it off to Jerome Bettis. That's old school Steelers football." But in the last two games, they've averaged less than 50 yards per, you know, per game. And that's bad. Now, again, the Steelers have won those games. Why? Because they got Ben Roethlisberger. They got balance. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's what That's what this team is. It just make the team so good. If one part of the team isn't succeeding, there's another part of the team that can pick them up. That's not something you can say with every single team in the NFL. Or even most teams in the NFL. I think most teams, you can say, like, you know, if you beat them in this one way, they're going to be struggling. But the Steelers have shown on both sides of the ball, if you beat them in the run game, they still got, they still got a passing game that's dangerous. If you, if, you're, if you think you might have them in the passing game on defense, they might rush, rush you a little bit harder on the quarterback. They'll take away the run. They'll make it more predictable when you pass. That's what makes this team special. But with this offensive line, I looked at the film, and again, go to my Carter's Classroom column where I break down the film, play-by-play with different things that happened in both the Ravens and the Cowboys game. And the mistakes that were being made at the line of scrimmage, they weren't characteristic of this offensive line. And they're not mistakes that aren't like, okay, this isn't fixable at all. No, these are mistakes that are easily addressed by just getting back to the fundamentals. And sometimes you lose the fundamentals when you're tired. And let's face it, When you play three road games, it's going to weigh on you. Especially when two of those road games are against two of the best teams in the AFC. The Titans were undefeated. The Ravens' only loss had come to the Chiefs, and that was a huge rivalry game. Again, both on the road. And also, the fact that the Steelers don't have a bye week, really. Yeah, sure, they eventually got a quote-unquote bye week in week four, but they practiced that entire week. Because they didn't know that they were getting a bye week. And that's where my issue is. That this team is going to need to find ways to rebound without a normal bye week. But, again, my point with this, with this column in Carter's classroom, they will. You know why? Because we've seen it happen before. And in fact, we've seen it happen in the last three years. Take 2019, for instance. Offense struggling. Devlin Hodges, Mason Rudolph. We all remember that year. I don't need to go too far into that. But in 2019, we saw they were, they lost to the t- they lost to the Ravens in overtime, and at that point, they hadn't had a hundred yard rusher yet on the season. Three straight weeks over the next or over the next three weeks. The Steelers would average 124 rushing yards per game. 2018, team gained the team gained 19 rushing yards again in a, in, a, in a week four loss to the Ravens. What happened after that? Over the next five games, they would average 132 yards per game. Also, that was those five games were all wins and were part of a six game win streak in 2018. In 2017, now granted this is with Le'Veon Bell, but again against the Ravens. Fifty-nine yards, week fourteen. It's a, it's a win, but they only get that's that's all they get on the ground. In their last three games, they average one hundred and twenty-three point seven yards per game. This offensive line is full of guys that know how to, know how to win. Marquise Pouncy, David DeCastro, chief chief among them, Villanueva. He's been through the wars, and I guess he's been literally been in wars too. Ha, puns. Um, but uh, uh, Matt Filer. He's been part of this offensive line. Now, granted, he's learning his spot uh, still, and he hasn't been the best. But, Takuma Korofor. Now, he's he's the guy I'm really looking at to see, okay, how does he take on these challenges this year? How resilient is he to when he loses? But, he played very well against J.J. Watt this year. I like a lot about what this offensive line does. But, in this last game, against the Cowboys... David DiCastro, slow out of his stance, getting beat by some guy underneath. Same with a for not displaying proper footwork. Things that are uncharacteristic of these guys, and especially from DeCastro, who's in his prime, and for years has shown that he is an extremely consistent and reliable lineman. To me, that means these changes are coming. Because they know what to do. They just need to kind of get it back together, figure it out, and then just focus. And maybe the home game against the Bengals is the answer. Again, you can go right to my Carter's Classroom article, right on the website. I break it all down there, giving you the goods on how this could work out for the Steelers. I mean, I, I really mean it. I think that this this offensive line has the potential to um, uh, to, to get back to prominence and be a premier run-blocking group and make it really hard on a lot of defenses moving forward. But they do need to get it together. Again, I think it's simple blocking. I think I talked about Sean Serrett on this podcast just a week ago. He's been a good offensive line coach for them. He's helped them figure out a lot. I'd expect them to turn it around at some point. And who knows? Maybe that turnaround might involve a little bit more of Kevin Dotson. But bottom line is right now, stay patient with the offensive line. They'll figure it out. And there'll be some point where Ben Roethlisberger starts to struggle. And that'll be when they need to have to figure it out. Give him a break. Make, make him not have to be the hero every day. And he's been the hero the last two games. Well, one of the heroes the last two games. But he's, he's been part of that solution. There's going to be a time when that doesn't work, and that's when they'll, they'll, they'll need to kick in. And that might be the def- definition of what this team is in 2020. Because they are extremely balanced. And that balance is what makes them extremely dangerous. We're going to take one more break here. When we come back, it's Don't Get Me Started, my rant segment for the DK Steelers podcast. What got me started? Find out after this. Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started! Don't Get Me Started with people who are already calling for the Steelers to go get their next quarterback in Sam Darnold. This is Don't Get Me Started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers Podcast. Let's talk about this because y'all know me. I, I am very much about thinking ahead and playing, you know, looking at other people in the league. I watch all sorts of football. You know, I watch even the Jets who played uh Monday night. They almost won, uh though it was without Sam Darnold. Um, but you know, one thing that I've seen a lot of people push for, because you know, everyone's trying to plan for the impending retirement. Of Ben Roethlisberger, whether that's after this season, next season, the season after that, or the season after that. I don't think it's after this season unless there's a major injury knock on wood. Uh, but, you know, so one of the guys that keeps popping up on people's radars, and it did for ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, is Sam Darnold. And I don't get it. Why would the Steelers invest in this man? Has he done something great? Yes, he's on a horrible team with the Jets. Yes, it's rough, but this isn't like Minka Fitzpatrick, where you could see what Minka was doing for the Dolphins, that it was just garbage that he was fighting through, and that if he was put in a real system where you could use him as a moving piece, he'd become a star, and oh look, he did that for the Steelers. But Sam Darnold has never done that for the the Jets. He's never had the game where you've been like, wow, man. It was really there. If he just puts a little bit more into it, if he gets a little bit of help, he could be that guy. His rookie season, he went four and nine, throwing seventeen touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. Last year, he went nine, He went uh, seven and six. Not not bad, as a starting quarterback, Through nineteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. But again, look at how a lot of those games are playing out. Look at the decision making that's, that's inconsistent. His accuracy that's inconsistent. This year, he's played six games. He's thrown three touchdowns and six interceptions. Now, I'm not saying Sam Donald could never figure it out. He may very well go somewhere else and do well. But I'm saying, why do you want the Steelers of all teams, because I've seen some of you push this, why do you want the Steelers to be the team that takes takes that risk? Now, if he wants to come over to the Steelers and be a backup behind Ben Roethlisberger next year, and that's a, that's a whole different discussion. But my thing is, Sam Donald does not give me the confidence that if I invested in him for whenever Ben was done, and he was my main source of reliability at the quarterback position, I'd be putting a big gamble on the future of my organization. And I don't think there's there's a need to do that. There will come a time when the Steelers are getting the sense, okay, this this is Ben's last ride. And there will also come a time where the Steelers will be able to, okay, let's see what we can trade up to get a quarterback this year. The same way they traded up to get Devin Bush two years ago. You remember, they had what the twentieth pick in the NFL draft. Flup give give away a third, give away some other things. All of a sudden, you got the tenth pick in the overall, tenth uh, pick in the draft. That's right where Patrick Mahomes was, was picked when he was drafted. Deshaun Watson was picked later than that. Now, granted, this year uh, this year isn't going to probably going to be that because Trevor Lawrence is going first overall to whoever has that. Justin Fields will will follow soon behind that. The guy that everyone's looking at is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, but I don't expect him to get out of the top eight. But again, it's up to if the Steelers want to do it now. They don't have to do it now. If the Steelers were to go get a veteran, that would be their their stand-in guy until they found their next franchise quarterback. It would be someone who has at least shown that, hey, I can work within a system. Or hey, I can be impressive even while the team's falling around, falling down around me. There's no reason to rush to give Sam Donald a contract for the Steelers after the season's over. There's just not. And yes, Mason Rudolph does not look good. In a very limited, you know, chances against the Cowboys, he looked like he did not improve a single bit, and that's unnerving. And the only other guy is Josh Dobbs, who, I mean, if he's not worse than Mason Rudolph, he's not really that much better. And I think that's the point: is that the Steelers, if they're gonna move forward, if they're gonna find someone re- reliable, I think it needs to either needs to be through the draft, or finding a veteran that you that you know can get the job done. Unless they got some crazy contacts. I know Juju has got his boys with Sam Donald. Unless they got some contacts where they get in person with him and they feel like, like, hey, he has the attitude to be the guy. But quarterbacks that go through that kind of stuff can get tainted; they can have their confidence shaken, and that's a gamble that I think the Steelers should be happy to let another team make. And if he hits, great for great for him and great for that team. If he doesn't, I, I just think that with him being such a high pick in his draft, he's gonna he's gonna try to command more money. And the Steelers don't have that kind of money to give right now. They need to keep investing in who they are, what their team is, and what they want to do. But again, just going and getting a quarterback because he was a top pick, not a good idea. I also just have a rule about not go- going to get USC quarterbacks. I told Tom from uh, the guy who used to run the Adam Crowley show, he now is the producer for Mark Madden show on WDBE or 105.9 The X mixing up my radio stations there, but uh, Tom and I used to joke all the time, because I told him, Carson Palmer, I don't, know. Nah. he may have put up some great stats, but never won the big one, never got to the big one, and, there were times he looked really impressive, but I just, I stay away from USC quarterbacks, It's my, it's my number one rule, well, stay away from USC quarterbacks, and, uh, don't expect too much out of Big 12 quarterbacks, if they're from Oklahoma, um, well, I take that back. Kyler Murray is pretty impressive, but that's my Baker Mayfield rule. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just I'm, I'm saying noted to Sam Donald right now. There may be a day. Um, there may be a day when things change up, and they get the opportunity to to trade up. But there's no reason to rush that day right now, especially with Ben Roethlisberger saying he's feeling good and he's liking playing right now. If the Steelers are able to extend him a few more years, it buys them more time to make that move. And who knows, maybe they'll be able to trade off one of their defensive pieces that that look really good to a team along with the draft pick, and then it's not too expensive of a trade-up to go get their quarterback of the future. But I'm telling you right now, going and getting a bad quarterback that's in the league right now, and hoping you could turn him into a good quarterback, that ain't the recipe for success unless you can get him super-duper cheap as a backup. But y'all got me started! And this has been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying the podcast network, please leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. The show really helps out the show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the DK Steelers Podcast.